0: Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now.
1: Well, hello, power partners. It's our informational playground, Star Style. Be the star you are. We're coming to the airwaves live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. And we're brought to you under the auspices of Be The Star You Are charity. I am your host, Cynthia Bryan, and we will have an hour of power here. So I hope to catapult you from wishing upon a star to just realizing you already are one. So, you know, just shine brightly. The miracle moment for today was brought to you uh, by Be The Star You Are. Uh, you can visit the website, bethestarur.org. And this is by Norman Vincent Peale. The tide always comes back in. And, you know, I really loved that when I was reading that one because I just think about how hard these last... um, two and a half or two, how yeah, probably like two two years, three months, something like that have been. And now this year has been so tough with so many things going on and, and uh, the war between Russia and Ukraine. But, you know, it's like the sun continues to set. It continues to rise. The tides go in, the tides go out, and we just have to ride ride the waves, I think, from time to time. Um, before I tell you about our show today, I just wanted to announce that our magic show that we did on Saturday through Be The Star You Are with Simon Ryan was absolutely fantastic. Um, we had no idea what to expect. We expected just something really simple and and it was very extravagant and really, really well orchestrated. I'm going to get him on the radio show probably sometime in the fall, and then we're going to do another one, and we hope um, we're going to invite a lot of adults, because um, adults and teens, I, well, we had kids on here too, I mean, and it's, it's definitely a PG-rated uh, magic show, but the things he does are so amazing <laughs> that it might go above some of the little kids' heads, but uh, we really, really enjoyed it. Nobody wanted him to end. He's definitely a five-star out of five-star performance. So, um, you know, thank you to everybody who participated, and thank you to Simon Ryan, and we'll look forward to seeing him in the fall. Now, you're wondering, I guess, what today's show is going to be about. So, you know, talking about tides going in and tides going out, if you were to suddenly die, I don't want that to happen, but if you were, Would your family know what your wishes are? Would they be able to find the files that would take care of all the details? Do they know your financial or organizational roadmaps? Um, All of these things need to be discoverable because somebody has to settle your affairs. So that is going to be one of our topics uh, coming up in segment two. And if experiencing rain in a dry season doesn't put a spring in our step, I mean, I don't know what will we hear about all these, and not even here. We're watching on the news these terrible fires that are happening in the southwest in arizona, in in New Mexico, in Utah. And of course, I'm sure California will be next. But after months of no precipitation, I mean, literally none since December, Finally, now in the end of April, California has experienced a few showers, and it's a critical ingredient of California's water supply, that Sierra snowpack, and it's still less than 40% from its peak. And we know that the drought's going to be with us for the summer and the fall, but these mid-spring storms will deliver May flowers, so I will tell you what is coming. And then here in our first segment, well, I want to talk about if you're feeling anxious about being so home so much during the pandemic. I mean, do you feel like you have so much to do, never enough time to complete the tasks? So we'll offer a few tactics to reduce that stress so that you can be your best self and then you can kind of exhale and breathe. So, so many people are overcome with um overwhelm let's say and especially since the pandemic and I had an interesting conversation yesterday actually with um, my insurance broker who we're talking about working from the office versus working from home and for me after 35 years of being in a, a production studio and moving the studio to my house this past year um, during the pandemic, I, you know, I thought it would be terrible because I really, really, really loved my office space. I loved my star-style studios. It was just fabulous. It even had a fireplace. There was a creek running behind it, you know, plenty of parking. It was it was just great. I had a little garden outside. It, it was really nice. But I have found it just to be equally as wonderful to be home. And she brought up a really great point. She said, People are feeling great to be home if they don't have little kids running around or animals that are interrupting their work cycles. And I think this is really, really true. So if you have small children or you have animals that, you know, constantly need your attention, it is much harder to be out of a workspace where those people and those animals are not. And we're actually in a cultural moment. I mean, we keep thinking, how long is this pandemic going to stretch on? On NPR uh, last night on PBS, actually, I saw Dr. Fauci uh, speaking, and he said for practical purposes here in the United States, we can look at the pandemic as being, you know, pretty much over for us, but because the death toll is going down, hospitalizations are going down, um, and there are infections are rising, but the strength of the infections aren't very, you know, aren't as serious. Where in other parts of the world, the pandemic is definitely, definitely bad. However, you know, the recommendation was still to be cautious in whatever way you want. So what that means for us is that people are asking when they're at home you know doing their work and then then doing their housework and then doing their family work you know what time of the year is it i mean are we is this real life is it groundhog day it seems like every day runs into the next and i've talked to so many people who when we're having a phone conversation or a a meeting and and they'll say, and and what day is it today? (laughs) I mean, they're just, it's, uh, it is kind of be frustrating. So these are kind of the questions that might be running through your brain and they might be running on a loop. And the effect can be this feeling of kind of listlessness. So you might be, um, languishing for the space that exists between depression and flourishing, right? It's that middle ground. It's that, uh, that meh ground. It's a draining blend of stagnation, exhaustion, and anxiety that can take hold of us no matter what our occupation is, whether we're parents or caregivers or nine to fivers or you know, swing workers, whatever, it all can begin to short circuit if we're not getting enough other stimulus and we're just starting to feel stress. So with these insights from professionals um, that I want to give to you, you know, maybe we can reset that button on us so that we can just feel just a little bit uh, better about what's going on. So, So many people are kind of using that word burnout and exhaustion interchangeably, but there's a really big difference between them. Technically, burnout pertains to work um, and ways to handle it. But ordinary tiredness or boredom or stress might result from a limited time and energy. Now, it's it's really easy to equate burnout and exhaustion because they they feel like they go together. But if you can take a break from a task and then come back and feel really energized, then it wasn't burnout. And an example from my own life is when I am just feeling really exhausted or my brain just feels foggy and I can't work anymore, I go out and I start digging in the dirt. You know, I start pulling weeds, I'm pruning the roses, I'm planting the new herbs, whatever it is. And then I lose track of time and I feel really good. And I come back in and I can start all over again. So once you identify whether you're burned out because of the work that you're doing or you're overwhelmed because of the work you're doing at home, and it's possible you could be you know, overwhelmed and feeling burned out for both, you have to pinpoint the tasks that sap your energy and um, those that probably inspire the most dread in you and by being aware of your personal stressors, you will be able to determine what needs to change on your to-do list. I, I had an email yesterday from a friend of mine in Norway who reminded me that I had told her about the Swedish death cleaning and what Swedish death cleaning is, is when you get to that point where you just really want to clean out everything from your office or your house as if you were dying. So you're getting rid of everything so that, you know, it, nobody's going to have to deal with it. And, you know, I thought about that. As she said, it's been on her to-do list since I told her about it a couple of years ago. And I know I did a radio show about it. And I had to remind her that we're kind of all in that boat. That we've had these to-do lists, especially during the pandemic, that we've never gotten to. I know my to-do list. I still have not gotten to my garage, and it has been on my to-do list. Um, um, that it has been on my to-do list for the whole pandemic. So another thing that the experts talk about is to learn to audit your to-do list. So that gets to my, to um, cleaning out my garage. I literally had to audit that and had to put all the things that were more important, like my main water line broke. So we didn't have water here at our house for four days, you know, and then the well went out. So then again, didn't have any water for the animals in the barnyard, had to take care of that, you know. So you have to take care of things as they come up. And sometimes those frazzled feelings are a byproduct of good luck. You have everything your heart desired. You know, you might have a wonderful partner or spouse, kids, a home, a car uh, that's maybe not held together with duct tape. But now you have to take care of them on a daily, an hourly, or maybe a minute by minute basis. And here's the thing, you can do less. So even if you are, you know, dealing with kids or caregiving or all the things that are happening at home, you can step away from the idea that everything has to be accomplished now, unless it is something like, you know, your main water lines or your electrical or your gas or something that is um, not just a quality of life, it's necessary for you to have. So a question is like, do you really need to tackle three loads of wash today? Or could you do one wash today and then, you know, another tomorrow or then the day after and use some of the time to fold? You know, home tasks, especially those that involve kids or babies, because like babies, you have, you know, so many baby clothes and diapers and all of that Those are definitely probably non-negotiable and you can still make them less stressful though. So if you're packing lunches for your kids and it feels like just torment, maybe let your kids, if they have the ability to buy a school lunch, if your budget allows and if the school has a school lunch program, maybe once a week they can buy their lunch and maybe if they're old enough, You teach them how to pack their own lunch. So break down your lists into what you can and maybe even what you want to do and then delegate if at all possible and just know that everything doesn't have to get done all at once. For me, um, I am a doer. I am like, you know, I want it done and I want it done yesterday. And this has been a really long lesson for me to learn to let go and to say, okay, I've gotten this much done today. I have to save it for tomorrow. Um, I was just writing a grant for, um, for Be The Star You Are. And I was realizing, you know, my goal was to get it done within a certain period of time, like one week. And when that week came up, all these other things came up that were more critical than getting that grant. And the grant still had another week to go. So what I realized is that I just have to make another document and save all my material in case the website I'm working on, it doesn't really save it, which I found out it didn't. So thank God I did that backup and not stress about not getting it done on the day that I had put it in my calendar. So just think about that. Another thing very important that'll give you less stress is to invest in your social life. When you are totally wiped out, your social life is the first thing to go. But when you receive support from others, that's the thing that's going to replenish you. That's the thing that's going to make you happy. Social connection is highly effective and it's often very underused. So A tool to help combat burnout, stagnation, exhaustion, fatigue, all of those things is just consider carving out a little bit of time for that neighbor, that friend, that sibling, whoever you feel close to, whether it is uh, an in-person coffee break if you feel comfortable getting up close and personal Or if not, maybe a quick FaceTime or Zoom time or, you know, just maybe a phone chat. But you have to have some regular connection. And just remember to find some things that are funny, something to laugh at. Because when you can laugh, you realize that you're not alone in this. Um, Research shows that when you expand your inner circle of friends, you can actually combat anxiety better. So we have to get a crust, a, a trusted crew of confidants. And then when we have those confidants, we can um, just feel better about ourselves. We'll have our mental health will be boosted. Our immune system will actually be strengthened. And we actually are helping the other person alleviate some of their emotional distress. So... It's a give, give, and it's a win, win. So think about that when you're feeling down, you know, reach out to somebody that you trust. And if you can insert yourself into a community like, you know, a book club or if it's a place of worship or a garden club, you um, You know, something that soothes your soul, it's going to be great for you. And if one doesn't exist locally, remember, in your community, there's probably other like minded people and you could create something. I mean, next week I'm going to be speaking to a garden conference and I and I'm really looking forward to it to see the different personalities that will be there. Also, don't forget to exercise. I know everybody says this and most people don't like exercise. I don't want, I don't like to just say I'm going to exercise, but I like to be active. So whatever that means, whether it's running up and down stairs, taking a walk, whatever, um, a bike ride, something like that can help you snap out of a funk And when you feel so good when it's over, and you'll say, gosh, why didn't I do that before? So, you know, we have to sleep, we have to drink lots of water, we have to have decent nutrition, and you have to get outside and get away from all the stuff that's zapping your energy. And uh, now that the weather in most places is getting more spring light, you're going to have all that fresh air. So try to get out of town and at least and when i say get out of town i mean get away from the honking horns and the fumes of the buses and try to get in a park or a nature preserve or up in the mountains or by a creek or take a hike i mean Just move for five, ten minutes. If you can do it five, ten minutes, you know, five, six days a week, you're going to be really great. You do not have to go to a gym. You don't have to have sweat sessions there. It's just important to move throughout the day. And no matter how many minutes you clock in during a single fitness um, session, you just just do something for me. Again, it's gardening, it's running up and down those hundred plus steps to the barnyard, uh, taking care of the animals, you know, um, yeah, pruning all this, all those things. It's good, and then avoid the social media numb out. I know people love TikTok. Um, they love those dance routines, the cat videos, the the recipes, all those. And it probably feels like a brain break, but What the research is showing, it's actually the opposite, because people walk away from a social media binge feeling frustrated, knowing that those well-intentioned breaks led to wasted times, and sometimes they feel inadequate because they feel like their life isn't as glorious as what they're seeing on um, social media. So, you know, give yourself a, a mini vacation of the mind and just have a silent rest away from your smartphone. The silence is going to help you feel more focused, and the quiet time is going to help you cope with your mental fatigue. And if you need to set a timer, you can do that. But just remember, mental rest is part of the productivity equation. So carve out a couple of minutes um, in your hourly, you know, maybe two minutes an hour if possible, or at least two minutes every few hours, so that you're not overwhelmed. And so whether you're working from home or from the office, you want to stay balanced. Well, I'm Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style, Be The Star You Are, where our next segment is gonna be about creating those findable files for your loved ones in the case of your demise. Don't go away, we'll be back in a bit. Be the star you are.
2: Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. Express yourself.
0: It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryant. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is calling out to me.
1: Well, we are back. And... This really isn't so much about show business, but it is about providing the answers that your family will need if something should happen to you. And this is such an important thing. And, you know, so many of us don't think about it because, you know, we all we would like to think we're invincible and we're indestructible and we're going to live forever. But of course, that is not the truth. And so it's a gift to your family and your loved ones if you have everything in order. I know for me, it wasn't until I had kids that I realized, oh, my gosh, we need a will. We need a, you know, even though I didn't have anything really, but um, I wanted to make sure that we had, my husband and I had something to say that if we both died, that the kids would be taken care of. So your final documents can include so many things besides just a, um, a will or a trust. It could include recipes, your wishes, your eulogy, an obituary. But for all practical purposes, it the most important things are the financial and organizational roadmaps for those who are responsible to settle your affairs. Now, depending on the source... About half of Americans know they should have a will, but most don't. A National Library of Medicine study found that in 2017, only one-third of the population had completed end-of-life forms that outline our wishes for comfort and care during the final transition. And not surprising, you know, maybe since the process is so confusing, and, and it is definitely distressing, no doubt about that when we start considering our own mortality. But what is surprising is the fact that this unpredictable pandemic might have shifted Americans' attitudes towards codifying our wishes in a very practical sense. There was a recent survey conducted by the Harris Poll, and they found that COVID-19 pandemic prompted another third of Americans who had made no progress before to at least start important conversations about end-of-life plans and preferences. Although the study revealed only 19% of adults over 50 have the three most essential documents in place, at least we are collectively having that, uh, a stronger desire to get the medical and financial affairs in order. Now what are the three most essential documents? The three most essential documents are a will, a health care directive, or what's called a living will, and a designated power of attorney. So, and these are very, very important uh, items uh, to have. So, and you know that you can hire somebody or you can do it yourself, get information online, but I want to just give you some of the information. So it seems despite living through a a once-in-a-century pandemic, our interest is actually completing the task. Um, It's still not solid. We're still wavering. Top of the list of benefits of doing these things is peace of mind. You're going to saving costs for your survivors, time and heartache, and during the work, To have everything in place means medical professionals will be guided by your voice and your loved ones won't have to bear the burden of guessing what you would want. And you'll know that your heirs will receive the accounts and the assets that you intended for them. And it may not make it easier to say goodbye, but it could make the aftermath a lot easier. So think about all these people who um, did not expect to get COVID. They thought that they were healthy and strong. And they get COVID, they're hospitalized, they're on a vent- ventilator. And um, then it's, it's. do we pull the plug? Well, you know, it's really, you, you, does your child want to pull the plug? Does your sister, your brother, your mom, your dad? It's so much better if you have it written down, what your wishes are. If you're in a coma, how long do you want to be in that coma? You know, do you want to just be forever on um On machines? Or do you want to die with dignity? And again, you can have these simple wishes as long as you have designated somebody and have made this a legal document, then your loved ones don't have to make those decisions. And another really beautiful potential benefit, and maybe the most important one, would quell that potential for interfamily arguments during a very stressful time. You know, proper planning could help protect your siblings and maybe a family relationship. It can really get ugly when it comes to medical matters, and then it can get really ugly when it comes to financial matters. I know when my mom died, and there were four siblings still alive, um, she, in her final moments, kept saying, No matter what, I don't want you to fight. I don't want you to fight. And fortunately, She had everything completely outlined just very easily. And I was still concerned. Are we going to fight over that teapot? You know, and interestingly enough, it bonded us. Um, We had we none because everything was so well documented. I and I was the executive um, I was the power of attorney and I was the executor. We didn't have one fight. And then when we finally started dividing up things, we just had the most wonderful chats about memories and we laughed and we had good time thinking about our childhood. And so it turned out to be a blessing, Uh, a sad time, but it was still a blessing that my mom's wishes were granted and that her children never fought over a single thing. So experts recommend making your wishes very clear, communicating them well before you're passing, and particularly challenging is if you're part of a blended family, um, it's important for the medical teams to understand your patient's values. So it's, if, you, if you do nothing else, you want to at least put a letter down, and in that letter you may write uh, as part of your letter letter all the things that you really desire and wish and want. And um, and then you could ask your medical and financial professionals if they need any of these documents. And you don't want to be intimidated. You don't want to have to have everything at once, but you want it to be straightforward. You could even write love letters to your family, your friends, whatever, and um, have an ethical will which outlines what, your values are what and that might be actually the hardest is um, writing some of those things down because you know even in families we all have different political views we might have a different religious views moral views all of those things so um, uh, you know uh, one tip is to add a list of accounts and all of their relevant usernames and passwords particularly for your computer and cell phones that would cover your digital estate because that could be very difficult if somebody can't get into your computer or your phone and that's where you store everything. So you would need a financial power of attorney. So a durable power of attorney gives someone permission to make decisions on your behalf. And it, that could be anything from talking to, to your electric company, your phone company, Um, to cable, to dealing with banking, real estate, business, and legal matters. So you have to have that financial power of attorney. In my case, when my mom died, I had the power of attorney. And um, so my siblings could not act, you know, on my mom's behalf. It had to be me, my signature. I had to meet with everybody. And it was a lot of work. Even though she had it really organized, I have to tell you, it was like having another full-time job. You can also uh, get different forms that are called pulse forms that outline physician orders for life-sustaining treatment if you have some serious condition. And that would indicate whether you want CPR, do you want mechanical ventilation, do you want feeding tubes, uh, do you want ICU treatment? And this is where you would be able to tell your doctor whether you have a do not resuscitate order, which is called a DNR. Um, And then this pulse will be signed by a doctor, and it actually carries more weight than an advance directive. And that's a real hard one, you know, a do not resuscitate, because at what point do you say, I don't want to be resuscitated, right? Um, I think that if it's something for me, you I would like to be resuscitated, but, you know, if my brain was dead, uh, that maybe I shouldn't be. It's a hard one. You have to think about that. The other one, the medical power of attorney, sometimes this is called the advanced directive or it's also called the living will, and that outlines medical treatments you want and those you don't, and it authorizes a proxy to make the decisions for you. And you have to make sure this person has the necessary HIPAA authorization that allows the medical team to share the information. And something that a lot of people don't realize, especially parents, is that if your child is 18 or older, as a parent, you no longer have the right to their Uh, medical information. So they, you actually, from the time you're 18 on, you really do need to have this uh, medical power of attorney. You need to have all of these things because there's nobody that can advocate for you. Once you're 18, you're an adult. So nobody's going to be able to help you out. And that HIPAA is, they're really strong about that. Um, the financial version is a contract authorization or a trusted contact form, and that authorizes a third party, maybe like a financial advisor, an attorney, um, someone like that, that could communicate with a designated person that regarding health status, and that could include mental capacity. And then, of course, you can have a last will and testament. What? Where do you want... Any of the possessions that you have acquired during your life, where do you want them to go or to whom do you want them to go? And then there are beneficiary forms for insurance policies, retirement accounts and other assets. The beneficiary form, it actually prevails over the will. So whoever is named will receive those assets unless the form has been updated. So it's not uncommon for an ex-spouse to still be listed as a beneficiary. And as you can imagine, that can get very messy and ugly. So um, we have to be really careful about all our accounts. You know, we have a bank accounts and then we have a beneficiary, but... Yeah, what if you get divorced or your partner is gone or however? And then um, if you need a declaration of guardian to appoint someone to look after your minor children. And that's what I realized. As soon as I had kids, I needed to have that declaration of guardian because if something were to happen to me, I wanted to make sure they would be taken care of. And then a trust. In some states, a living trust can be used to transfer assets. And personal property in an orderly and more private manner than a will could. And uh, a trust can even stipulate some special provisions such as age-based distribution so that young adults don't inherit all at once. Or it can also help avoid a costly and stressful probate court process. And it can offer some substantial tax benefits. Um, usually, if you don't have a will or anything, you're going to go to probate. And it could be very long and costly. But with a trust, you can get things handled right away. And this age-based distribution for young adults is really a good thing. So you could say, if, let's just say you have children and uh, you have four children. And, um, you may, you know, three of them are great, but one of them is struggling and having issues. You could actually put age base on things so that, um, depending on when you are making this and how old the kids are at 25, they would get this at 30, they would get this at 35, they would get this at 40, they would get this. And that's a very common thing. And especially if you have, uh, children, that are having some um, issues that you think that they would just spend all the money and then you know they may not have a home later on you can put uh, precautionary measures in there now the where and the how in some ways a year plus of time to reflect may have helped us better understand our estate planning to do list and maybe having all of this time he has given us some time to know what our wants and wishes are but If we haven't moved on to put this opportunity down on paper, then we're kind of missing the boat. So we really need to do that. Now, many estate planning documents these days are stored digitally so that relevant parties can better access them with your permission, of course. And then more than 20 states allow for online notarization with certain rules for witnesses. However, there are elder care attorneys that recommend revisiting the documents in person once it is safe to do so. And if you need help getting started, the first thing you have to do is get organized. So discover what you already have. You might already have a health care proxy. And from there, you should make an appointment with an attorney who specializes in a state or elder care law to review what you have, help you fill out any gaps, and then include, if you have a financial advisor... You can include that person in the plan. If if you're not, that's you know, you, you don't have to, obviously, because you you don't have that person. You may want to also make an advanced care planning appointment with your doctor. Now this can be done remotely. Usually two 30-minute appointments are covered um, by Medicare. If you have Medicare and it's also sometimes covered by regular insurance as an advanced planning for a cognitively impaired patient. Other insurance uh, could cover this, but be sure to ask so that you'll know what your financial liability would be. And then once gathered, store all your relevant paperwork in one place. Some people prefer a binder in a safe deposit box, but another secure way might be an online vault that allows you to grant different levels of access to those you trust. And just make sure your family members and the right professionals know where to find these important documents and how to access them. And whatever you choose for storage also include the essentials like you know things for checkbooks, insurance policies, keys to the safe deposit box, um, your mortgage deeds, let's see, property titles um, for, and titles for your house, for your vehicles if you have boats or motorcycles or whatever you might have and then last but certainly not least make time to share your decisions with everyone that will be affected you want to talk to your loved ones about your health care and your financial plans and preferences and again share with them where the important documents are living and how they can access them and uh, i suggest you know that you have an attorney that would help you with this so those are just some things that can help you, I think, give you the answers for end of life. And there are actually books out there that um, that offer like a fill in the blank. I know if you go to Amazon.com, to the Be The Star You Are store at Amazon.com, I forgot what the book is called, but it's like end of life um, uh, journal or something. And it has all of this stuff in it. And you can just buy this. Book, and you just fill it out, and it has all the questions, and so it's really a really simple thing. Well, uh, when we come back from break, we're going to talk about April showers, but first, a business bite. Don't go away. Be the star you are.
2: Change your world, change your life. Voice America Business Bites Here's Cynthia Bryan.
1: Working longer hours and working harder does not spell success. You need to work with maximum effectiveness in order to be successful. When your personal and business life are in balance, you experience less conflict and definitely less anxiety. This balance allows you to become more effective and get more work done in less time. So plan your work and work your plan. And when you love what you do, there's nothing hard about your job. If you find yourself working longer, get more organized. Delegate the details and don't procrastinate. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another Business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's CynthiaBryan.com.
0: Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376-376, Moraga, California, 94556. bethestarur.org. Dare to care.
2: Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment.
0: It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryant. Now, back to the power party.
1: Well, this is our Goddess Gardener segment here. As you know, I am known as the Goddess Gardener. And I am going to be talking about April showers. William Shakespeare said, April hath put a spirit of youth in everything. And I just felt that spring in my step because we have had a couple of showers here in California in April. And I have been dying to talk about April showers for years and years, and it just doesn't seem to happen And we haven't had any moisture since December. And then we've had a couple of days of rain. We're supposed to have more this weekend. So it was just fantastic. And I'm sure that it is going to show us that we're going to have more flowers. Although, I have to say, the landscapes around here in Northern California are pretty spectacular uh, right now. Everything is in bloom. Jasmine is the delightful scent that's permeating the air, especially after a rain shower. That intoxicating perfume is rejuvenating. I grow grass jasmine throughout my landscape, and I have various vines. They actually twine up into trees, which is really pretty because the trees are just starting to leaf out. But the jasmine is in bloom, so it looks like the trees are blooming. And then I cut several, um, you know, I cut pieces of the vine, and I bring it inside, and the whole house just smells like jasmine. It's really, really wonderful. I have multiple colors of bearded iris. They're tender. They're brilliance in the middle of my hillside, where after the rainfall, unfortunately, there are new weeds sprouting after I had just cleaned out everything, although I'd rather have the weeds. Um, I'd rather have the weeds if I can have the rainfall because we need the rain. So proliferating is a, a as herb, Robert geranium. I don't know if you know about it, but it's a very fragrant weed and it's very pretty. And when it's small, it looks like a ground cover. And as it grows, it suffocates other plants. So it's... Um, It's not a good weed. The positive aspect of the herb Robert weed is that it's easy to pull out by the roots when the soil is moist. So weeds shooting up on my gravel path, they are demanding more attention. Now, bulbs and rhizome are the ultimate celebrities of my garden. And once planted, I forget about them until they burst into bloom. And they're just a welcome surprise, especially when other plants are failing. So if you are a beginning gardener, I highly recommend indulging in bulbs for all seasons. Most require very little maintenance or effort at all with minimal water. Uh, And they just provide maximum results. Now, my perennial favorites that are available in hues of white, pink, purple, yellow, and mixed colors include Calla Lily, Gladiolus, Oriental Lily, Bearded Iris, Asiatic Lily, Dahlia, Anemone, and Naked Lady. Now, those are the ones that are going to be um, actually coming, and uh, some of them for summer, like the Naked Lady, Dahlias, Asiatic Lady, uh, lilies, um, the gladiolas, Blooming right now is the calla lily and the bearded iris and the anemone. And of course the tulips and the daffodils and the woodland hyacinths, they're already finished. In other, uh, in other parts of the country, they're just now springing forward. And as I said, I was talking to my friend in Norway who the daffodils are just now shooting up. Uh, so, you know, every part of the country is different. But ours are finished. Mine started in January and finished in April. The April showers also brought a swath of wild onions, or more accurately, they are called a three-cornered leek. Now, they're invasive, yet they're edible, and it's like a wild field garlic. This three-cornered leek, they have delicate white bell-shaped flowers with a distinct onion aroma And if they are growing in your landscape, you can cut them and enjoy them in all your culinary dishes, just as you would chives or green onions, although they do have a stronger flavor. And if you're not a fan of garlic or onions and you have these growing in your garden, it can be almost impossible to eradicate because they really become an abundant population. Also, be aware that there is another very toxic species of flowers that resemble the three cornered leek, and it's called the death lily or death comma. All parts of that plant are poisonous. So, how do you tell the difference between a leek, a wild garlic, you know, this three, the three uh, cornered leek, and the death lily? Well, it's, you know, nature gives us a very good safety method in differentiation. Only eat a plant that looks and smells like garlic or onion. If it doesn't look or smell like garlic or onion, it's not a garlic or onion. So, you know, if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, uh, I mean, quacks like a duck (laughs) and walks like a duck, it's probably a duck. So, but if it doesn't have that garlic smell or the onion smell, don't eat it. Another edible weed that I cultivate is mustard. Young mustard greens are delicious sautéed with onions, garlic, and olive oil or added to soups and salads, sandwiches, and stews. Their flour is, um, is a yellow flour, and the flavor is really snappy and hot. Um, Had a hamburger last night, put a few mustard leaves on it. Didn't have to add actual mustard because the mustard leaf tasted like mustard. And, of course, that's where mustard comes from, or these mustard leaves. Now, the roses are already in glorious bloom. Rose petals can be added to baths as well as salads if they haven't been treated with any chemicals. And with Mother's Day around the corner, perhaps you'd like to present your mom with a gift of roses, these young sprouts encourage us to embrace the spirit of youth as we march into May, and a heartfelt um, shout out. Of course, you know, moms, it's going to be Mom's Day. What? It's just in, I think, two weeks. Is that right? May eighth, I believe, is Mom is Mother's Day, so it's not very far away. So. Um, You know, start thinking now what you're going to give to your mom. And so maybe you would like to get her a rose bush as opposed to just some cut flowers. Now, uh, the other thing, if you're in California, there are fire district mandates for creating a defensible space around your home. And, of course, probably in other states as well. So check with your local fire department. But here are a few things that you really need to do around any home is trim trees to maintain a six-foot vertical clearance from the roof line, remove any hazardous vegetation, clear debris from gutters and roofs, maintain a two-foot non-combustible space around structures, remove fire laddering fuels by trimming trees to eight feet above the ground, Cut grass to three inches or less in height. So if you have, if you're near a hillside or you have a grassy area, that's not just a lawn that's irrigated. It's just, you know, um, wild grass. You need to cut it as low as possible. And then remove any dead or dying trees and shrubs mostly the compliance deadline for almost everywhere is June 1st. So just give yourself that date. And some of, some states actually, it's the end of May, so I shouldn't just say June 1st. So you better check. Spray your barbecue grill um, with some white vinegar and then scrub it off with an onion and that will help you clean the grates so that you can get ready for some outdoor dining because the weather is going to start getting really nice and we'll want to be outside. You can buff your garden tools by plunging them in a five gallon bucket of sand mixed with a cup of vegetable oil. It's interesting because the sand keeps them sharper and then the oil wards off the rust. So small hand tools can be stored actually in a sand bucket. I think that's a really good idea. And then plant frost tender plants as the weather warms towards the end of the month. Ground covers, citrus, bougainvillea, summer annuals, they're going to be available for purchase and will be getting a little bit cheaper. Uh, you can sow seeds of scarlet runner beans, sweet peas, morning glories to climb on fences and wires. Cut back any of the dying leaves of narcissi or daffodils if you live here in California uh, because they're dry. And if they're still green, you want to wait another month. And bait for snails and slugs. Pick them up by hand. You can use copper barriers or you can use bowls of beer. And, of course, weed, 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 weed. Well, that's our show for today, so thank you so much for being here with me every Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, coming to you live on the Voice America Network. We know that you can change your life, and you can make your dreams come true. For more information about Cynthia Bryan or Star Style Productions or to purchase any of my books... And just remember, books make a great gift for Mother's Day. And I do have a new children's book coming out pretty soon. I'm hoping within the next few months. We're getting there. We're getting closer. And I'm going to have the illustrator on the show uh, once we're finished with the book. It's going to be a great one. But visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's cynthiabryan B-R-I-A-N. If you'd like to get involved with Be The Star You Are charity or make a donation, or volunteer, visit the starur.org. We participated in the Earth Gratitude Festival this last weekend, and I'm very proud of our teens, Ruhani and Sharanya, who were also part of that with their poems and their films. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. And I'd want you to see beyond your physical being, know you already are the star you have dreamed of being, cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate today and read a book this week. And I hope you'll pick up one of my books at cynthiabryan.com. And until next week when we celebrate once again, remember that love always wins, smiles will keep us happy. And kindness is always the most important thing. I am Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you. Be the star you are. Be your unapologetically authentic self. Have a wonderful week. Dream, create, inspire, make a difference. And be here next Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Voice America Network Empowerment Channel. Thanks for joining me. Cynthia Bryan saying ciao
0: for now. Be the star you are. The star you
2: are. Be the star you are. You are the star. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life changing program, Star Style Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain and motivate you to be the star you were born to be.